You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. the music you know it is time for the x-man podcast thank you so much for tuning in i'm your host doc coil and i greet you here from an arena in where the hell are we we're in salem virginia guys you have no idea how hard it is to be, for me to get this show out on tour you know we uh we're in a van and that was a little rough and then we got a tour bus and then now we're on our second tour bus it's broken down about five times in two days we were in a cargo van and in a box truck and then showing up to shows 10 minutes before we're playing it's crazy out here guys and uh it has not made doing the show easy you 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 would think it'd be kind of somewhat attainable to find a quiet room to record stuff like this but it is not easy it is almost two in the morning and i've i'm in a production office <laughs> that i was stolen from the Five Finger Death Punch crew, and they were gracious enough to let me use it. So it's it's pretty crazy out here. But overall, I I can't complain. Lots of stuff is going on. Uh, Bad Wolves' debut album, Disobey, just came out this past week. Uh, it debuted number one on the rock chart on iTunes on like the 14 different countries. It's still top 10 in the total iTunes chart for albums. So it looks like the the success of the zombie single, which went gold this past week in the US, which is pretty insane to talk about. Uh, it looks like that success is actually kind of venturing over into the album and the rest of the band. So that's very, very in- encouraging. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of people reaching out to me and, and to be truthful, I'm, I'm very, I'm kind of distant from the the quote unquote success in in a lot of ways, you know, because ultimately we just have a job to do is go out here and play and do interviews and just do the everyday business of of being in the in the band. I I haven't really I think grasped the quote unquote bigness or the success. So I'm just I'm just wrapped up in it. But um, but it is you know it has its challenges. You know I miss my my girlfriend Jazz. How are you doing? If you listen to the show, love love my boo boo. Uh, so we have, uh, four more shows left on this and it's been great. I'm not gonna lie. I like playing the arena shows, you know, the, the big rock shows. It's, it's pretty cool. And these shows are packed. Like these dudes are selling out the shows with uh, five finger death punch and shine down and star said it is, it's pretty impressive, you know? And, and so we're just really grateful that uh, five finger and shine down gave us this opportunity. Gods and star said are really cool. 
Uh, real quick, I just, you know, I do my little rants and I, I kind of have to talk about this subject. Maybe this is old in, in, in the news cycle, but I want to talk about Kanye real quick because I think it's actually a, a pretty relevant cultural moment because everyone kind of has an opinion. And, I, and I've, I've noticed in general, not everyone's like me. You know, I'm the type of guy, I'm reading many articles, I'm, I'm getting many takes from this kind of side of, of the coin. I'm seeing how, you know, the, the conservatives are, are talking about it. They're, the conservatives aren't, are enjoying having Kanye in their, in their ranks. Um, you kind of get to see, you know, I'm, I'm, I really like to kind of see what's, what, what people, how people are, are experiencing something like this. And uh, at first I thought it was just funny and entertaining. Kanye West is a Donald Trump supporter. How hilarious is that? And, you know, because this guy is, in, in general, he's um, an entertainer, but he's also a provocateur. His, and, and willing to kind of poke the eye of decency, or maybe, maybe, not, maybe decency isn't, isn't the right word, but um, convention, right? So, this, so his standout moments, whether that's jumping on stage and, and ruining Taylor Swift's moment at the MTV Video Awards, or it's saying but George Bush doesn't care about black people with Mike Myers on a telethon. You know, he is willing to kind of go out there and risk, you know, whatever. I guess the it's the idea of, of shamelessness, you know. And I, I wrote an article uh, a while back. It was actually the last article I've wrote for VH1. And it was called the the Millennium of the Individual. And I, and I this is before Trump won, but I referenced the similarities between Kanye and Trump, you know. And this is uh, this idea about megalomania. Right, this idea of referring to oneself as a genius. There's a really funny stuff on 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 South Park with Kanye. I'm a genius, you know what I'm saying? And and uh, there's a lot of stuff in that in that ilk, you know. Um, this kind of self-reverential. I mean, even Kanye named the album Yeezus, which is you know a play on 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 words of his nickname Yeezy and saying he's Jesus. I am a god, you know. Um, so clearly this is this is a guy that um has a very very um definitive and self-centered approach to things but i would say he does have a body of work that does um that i respect personally i i think he is a, a he makes so he has made some really really great music for the most part i don't remember like the last album but you know i you know i in in many ways i think the problem with with what what Kanye has done, and listen, I think him. If you want a celebrity, a black celebrity, a black celebrity in the hip hop world wants to be a Republican, there sh that shouldn't be controversial. If they want to support Trump, that really shouldn't be that controversial. Um, but I don't really. I think where it rings so false is that to me, it seems like he is essentially taking the stance for the sake of that it is the opposite of what is commonplace amongst his peers he is just being uh he is just going counter he is just playing devil's advocate because you know it is the uh the 2018 version of Sinead O'Connor ripping up the bible on SNL 
right? It is, in a sense, because they're, the, the the liberal zeitgeist describes kind of the culture, and and, and there is, a, and I think there's there's one good point he does make is that there is a uniformity, and there isn't. It doesn't allow for diversity of thought. But the problem is, I I think, in you know, and and I and I and I've I've written about this before about the this the kind of counterculture around um, the Alex Joneses of the world, the conspiracy people, is that some people just want to be special, right? So if if everyone is brushing their teeth because they're like, well, we should brush our teeth. Like if Kanye's like, man, I ain't gonna brush my teeth, man, just because I'm a free thinker, just because the dental association tells me to brush my teeth, I ain't gonna do it, right? Like to me, that's basically what he's he's doing. He's just doing it because it's the opposite. And I don't think he has a fundamental understanding of his responsibility that he affects people. And that, you know, and I, like I said, I thought it was funny. I just like, oh, this is the pure entertaining thing. But what was not funny to me is when this dude went on TMZ and said slavery is a choice. Because that is literally a line that a white supremacist would use a neo-Nazi. Some of the Klan would say, you know, it, it's it. You know, black people just—they liked being slaves. They would—they didn't have it that bad. You know, um, that's an. You know, this, he has—he went on. A, he gave a tweet saying, "I don't read." Clearly, motherfucker, you don't read. Yes, we know that. Um, and I think in in that moment, when you kind of. Uh, Factor everything in, and uh, I know Tanahasi Coates wrote uh, a piece that everyone was kind of lauding. I haven't read it yet, so I can't uh, reference that. Um, so he might kind of cover some of these these elements. But to me, what I see is is a very similar thing to OJ. I'm not saying that <laughs> Kanye is, is a killer, but this idea. So if you've watched the documentary um, uh, OJ Made in America, there's this idea about how OJ would not engage in civil rights conversations. And in a sense, and I think this is a story about black celebrity at pivotal times in our country's formation, is that, you know, OJ would say, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Is this idea that wealth and fame actually shields you or graduates you out of your race, right? Because once you're rich and famous enough, you know, people, you know, they open up the Louis Vuitton store. They're not looking to see if you're stealing. They literally shut down the store just for you. Everywhere you go, there's security. Everywhere you go, people are kissing your ass. And he doesn't, he has graduated out of uh, the authentic black experience. And, um, and that's not to say that there, that there is one black experience, right? And 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 I, and I think there's actually a song he did with T.I. I forget the name off the top of my head. And I actually think the song, and the song is actually a debate between Kanye giving his idea about what he's doing and embracing uh, MAGA or Trump and kind of taking something negative and turning it positive and T.I. saying he needs to be more responsible and he feels like he's hurt people. And I think that song actually breaks down the pro uh, uh, breaks down Kanye's point of view better than he does on Twitter or in some of these, uh, you know, where he's kind of putting putting stuff out. But you know, unfortunately, I, I think 
our society essentially says, if you're getting people's attention, it doesn't really matter the content, right? So as long as people, well, he got a lot of retweets. He, his album sold a lot. He's getting good ratings. He's getting attention, you know, so, so it's this thing of, it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you can say, well, he believes this stuff, but it doesn't matter if he believes it because as long as people are paying attention, it's worked. And if that's your metric, then yes, it did work. It is working because I'm speaking about it, but I do think it's actually culturally relevant. So, you know, I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole, but I just wanted to give you guys a, a couple of my thoughts on that because I think it matters. And I think um, when we essentially put fame and wealth as that's, that's, our, that's our value system. I actually want to say we're putting that. That is our value system. That is what we kind of we measure as success and, and making it. And if you look behind someone like Kanye, someone, you know, I think, I don't know if there's much there past that, you know, it is, it is this, this thing that kind of exists in, a, in, a, in an artifice. And if we didn't respond to it, if we didn't have the social media and the, all the adulation, I don't know what would be there without the, the kind of feedback loop. So I don't know, you know, you have to kind of make your own choice about it, but I just want to get those thoughts out of there. So real quick, I, uh, we do have a show sponsor this week, actually. There's a band from South Carolina. They are called Circleback, and I'm going to play a song from their 2017 EP, uh, which is self-titled, and this song is called The Body Snatchers. Check it out.
So that was Circle Back with their song, The Body Snatchers, off their 2017 self-titled EP. Uh, those guys have played with all kinds of bands like Madball, Terror, Shy Halud, Old Wounds, and uh, they're going to be working on songs this year for a full length coming up. You can check their stuff out at circlebackhc.com and also circlebackhc.bandcamp.com. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to get some core on the show, get some some hard ass shit on here. That's that's my roots. And I definitely want to thank those guys so much for sponsoring the show. If you would like to sponsor the show with your band, please hit me up um, on social media or you can drop me an email at the X podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, people keep reaching out and, and the stuff is the shows are pretty backed up as far as stuff. But we will get you in there. If you want to sponsor the show, um, I'm on the road and I'm trying to get more interviews. And like I said, things are going a little slower than I'd like to, but you guys keep the lights on over here at the X-Man and, and support the bands that support this show. Real quick, have to give one shout out to our show sponsor, rockabilia.com. They're the one-stop shop for all things band merch. They have half a million items. You hear me every week talking about them, but come on guys, you gotta go. You got, you gotta get the stuff and guess what? We have an exclusive rockabilly.com Bad Wolves t-shirt. So just go over there, look up Bad Wolves, and this is what, and I'll tell you this what, this shirt is actually cheaper than some of the other Bad Wolves shirts on other sites I'm not gonna mention. And you can get a 15% discount with our code PCJabberJaw. Again, that's PCJabberJaw. Thank you so much to rockabilly.com. They are the bomb. Now, with all the business out the way, just want to talk about our forthcoming guest, Mr. Steve Smythe. Uh, this guy is really, you know, one of the legendary thrash metal guitar players out there, a true shredder. I met him when he was playing with Nevermore, one of my favorite bands. And he's also played in some of my other favorite bands like Testament, like Forbidden. He's a real badass. And he happened to be in L.A. and said, hey, man, I want to do the pod podcast. I was like, you know what? I would like that very much. So I think you guys are really gonna enjoy this. If you are a fan of the real, real heavy metal, check out my conversation with my old buddy, Steve Smythe. So here we are, we're in Los Angeles. On a, on a, a beautiful, <laughs> not sunny, rainy <Yeah>. day. <laughs> it's a nice gray day. <laughs> We have Mr. Steve, it's Smythe, right? Yep. Okay. Is, yeah. that, by the way, this is a theme on the show where you have friends and you realize you never like call them by their full name or then you have to get clarification. Is it, do you say it like this? And then right, right. perhaps with five minutes of research, I could probably, I could probably do that. <laughs> but at least it's a good thing though. Your name isn't Steve Smith with an I because then you would never be able to find you on Google ever. Right. Yeah. No, I'd always be confused for, uh, for for the drummer from Journey. Or the basketball player who played with the uh, Atlanta right. Hawks. Yep. yep. So well, exactly. I'm just saying, in a phone book, there's probably a lot of Steve Smiths. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah. there's not that many Steve Smiths. So you're, you're, yeah. sta you're standing out. Bit, bit of a rarity. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, you're in town today. We're both playing the Ultimate Jam Night Slayer, Slayer Night, I guess, uh, yeah. in response yeah. to them announcing their farewell tour so yeah yeah it's a bit a uh, bit sad but uh you know for for that but i'm i'm pretty uh, pretty stoked to be uh, to be here and and uh jamming with all you guys you know well it's here's the, here's what i was cool. thinking though definitely 
You know what's really gonna work out is all the Slayer tribute bands. I think are gonna they're gonna have a big boom <laughs> once Slayer's like finally called it quits. It's yeah. like we're the only game in town. That's true. And that's uh, true. Uh, exactly. That's 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 something to look forward to. I always I always think about that. I'm like, man, if I was gonna have a tribute band, it's got to can't be have a tribute band for a band that's active. You got to have someone who they physically can't see. That's true. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it does. Does. Uh, yeah. I guess help help make that uh, make that easier, right? I mean, with uh, Elvis <laughs> or anybody else, um, you know, it would it would kind of be like that Sabbath now. Um, well, let's a uh, good friend of mine, Bruce Lamont from the band Yakuza, has one of the most successful Led Zeppelin tribute bands wow. in the world called Led Zeppelin Two, and I saw them, and it's insane. Nice. It's it's, it's nice. actually really insane what a lot of those tribute bands like. Uh, What's the one? I guess some of the big Pink Floyd ones. Like they do yeah. like arenas and stuff. Like Australian Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah definitely. Insane. Yeah, they were coming over to uh, to the UK and doing full on uh, you know, like Wembley and, and that's it's just like what? But they, but you know why? Because there's no Pink Floyd. I mean and I that's guess true. I guess to that's a certain true, extent yeah. you have Roger Waters doing his show and then you have David Gilmore doing his show. And yep. then that yep. that's pretty amazing how how big a band you have to be for your like tribute bands yeah. and then the solo guys, and it's all as big as if the band was still around. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's insane. So enough about tribute bands. Let's talk about <laughs> Steve Smythe, all right? We came here cool. to get the story. Um, so me and you, as far as I know, we met when you were playing with Nevermore, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was- um, Way back, uh, 2003? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. I was out with those guys on the uh, Enemies tour, but I swear I met you guys before that because uh, you guys were out with them on tour with Opeth. Uh, yeah, uh, we Opeth met? Nevermore and God forbid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we met uh, after the show. Right um, on. I, I remember that at yeah. the Pound. At the Pound. Yeah, Pound right SF. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think I specifically for some reason I, I like you. Remember with a band like us, that was our first like heavy metal tour yeah, with like big yeah. bands and we were right. kind of deer deer in headlights so it's it's a bit of blood bit of a blur oh, totally, man, all totally. of the after, after show antics uh <laughs> i'm sure i was getting into a lot of into a lot of trouble right. but you were one of those guys that as we call in this show you're like an x-man's x-man where right. you're you know you have a pretty impressive re resume and and i i call it like it's funny when who's that who get See guys, the crime. If you can't hear it, there's some there's some uh, sirens in the background. <laughs> I didn't do it. I hope they ain't looking for me. Me either. <laughs> I fed my meter. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's 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 so fascinating. Me being a fan of of metal and thrash metal, and all, then also being kind of like this this quasi student of, of the history of it, and seeing how like of the same people have like of like a group of like 16 or 20 musicians have all played in like Testament or Forbidden or right. Violence <laughs> or Exodus. And it's like this kind of revolving door. Kind of because that, yeah, that, that, that's circular, so to speak. Yeah, so yeah. so you, you played in a band called Vicious Rumors? I did, yeah, way, way back uh, in the, uh, the mid 90s. I replaced a, uh, a great guy and great guitar player uh, named uh, Mark McGee. And Mark uh, basically didn't want to play metal anymore, and he uh, he went on to play with Greg Allman for about the next 10, 12 years, and then uh, recently retired that uh, as well. And then you know, sometime later, and 
unfortunately, uh, Greg passed away. Uh, but um, yeah, he went off and did that. He had other other musical interests to uh, to do. Uh, Mark did, and so I. Um, I went in there basically uh, on, on a friend's uh, advice. He called me up. He's all, "Dude, Mark just quit the band. You gotta call Jeff right now. Jeff Thorpe, the uh, the, the band leader. And, and you know, here's his number. Give him a call. You know, you could get in right now." And I'm like, "Okay. Well, I'm sure they got an you know an audition process, et cetera, all that kind of stuff." And we talked. I talked with with Jeff, and uh, he said, "Well, how many songs do you know?" And I said, mm, "I thought about it. We had opened for those guys a bunch of times uh, with my my old band. Uh, we had a, a female fronted um, kind of a um, progressive type of a type of band, but mm -hmm. I mean for the time it was it was more like that with a little bit of thrash in there uh, called Araya. And uh, so we had we had played with them all over the bay, uh, opening for them. And uh, I, I picked up their songs. I was I was a fan anyway, so I knew about eighteen to twenty songs. So about how what age are we talking about with you? Oh, uh, twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Now now I say I say you know I play guitar. I say I play guitar, and there are dudes like you, you who play <laughs> the motherfucking guitar like the, like these <laughs> these virtuoso dudes. And I go out there, and I'm just I'm just got I have like my hand in my you know my my face in my hand, and I'm feeling bad for myself. <laughs> and and I, and I I see guys guys like you. Uh, were, were you like? self-taught did you go to school did i i uh actually had lessons with uh with, with a private teacher uh he was kind of like one of the best local guys in, in my hometown and uh took uh lessons on off from him for about five years or so and he really kind of pushed me in all different directions to uh, to learn you know i wanted to learn rock and he's like well what about this and he didn't really push it too hard but he just like you know check this out here's here's a little bit of jazz here's some classical here's how to play that uh and uh you know uh, my folks were into like big band and country my father and my mother uh so it's like okay well maybe i'll try a little bit of this a little bit of that and just kind of picked up things uh but you were open-minded yeah yeah exactly yeah so i, I kind of uh kind of responded to that and uh tried to get involved in like school programs or whatever uh i wasn't up for like jazz band or anything like that i didn't want to do that i was like no nah, that's, that's not cool <laughs> but uh yeah you know i mean and anything else that, that i could do i got got involved with as much as possible so i had rob flynn on the show and i was right you know and i was talking i really wanted to know about the violence days and when he was in forbidden and trying to figure out what was in the water in the bay area like what is right. in the bay in that water <laughs> that that you know probably dirty salt water that uh all that talent and, and not only the, the the talent within our our scene but it seemed like every band was like I said was kind of like related somewhat to other bands and like i said people they shared members and what yeah. were, what do you do you have any good memories about that time of what was going on and why just it was seeing, so yeah just seeing so much uh talent you know like like you said and and uh we were all wondering the same thing man what is in the water <laughs> um you some think people have some a, theories but but uh, you think <laughs> it was just competitive like that band's really sick and the and that's Very. that's well that's one of the things i, I kind of is so fascinating like take a band like testament yeah even on their early records, the musicianship was so high. Yeah. And they were young, right? They were like 19, 20, and you're like, yeah. what yeah. the hell is going on here? Yeah. Like where, and then you look around at some of the other bands, you're like, no, it's the the bar is pretty high across, exactly. across exactly. the board. So 
so it just seemed like that threshold just in the in coming in so yeah yeah i mean you know you had obviously metallica had moved up uh and kind of lit a fire under everybody but you know before that you had exodus you had uh death angel as well around about the same time within a few years of each other um and those are you know still the two longest running bands out of, out of the whole thing and um well, what Zetro was in uh, Legacy, which became Testament, Testament yeah. um, and you know all the, all the stuff that's associated with that, and uh, all the spin-off stuff that happened in between that as well too. You know, you had Violence, uh, Forbidden, Forbidden Evil, uh, which became Forbidden, and then um, Violence, uh, you know, split up, and then you had a couple other things happen from uh, from that, and Rob, you know, forming Machine Head and kind of carrying it in into the uh, into the next uh, next wave. I think there was a lot of inspiration. You know, um, just amongst them, you know, obviously it was that that um, the bar being set pretty high uh, for uh, for people. But um, you also had that that uh, that band that was uh, to all of us really driving it, which was Metallica. It was like, wow. You well, it's know? like you can I guess when you have someone that sets the example that, hey, you can be it can the biggest, be, done. be the big, biggest man in the world. Exactly. And even the kind of as like Megadeth, even though I guess they moved to LA. Yeah. But in, in a sense, they almost seem like a Bay Area band just because of Mustaine and the Metallica connection. Right, And then right. all the offshoots of that, you know, and then I guess if you think about it with Slayer, they're also being an LA band, but that just that, you know, it's only a six hour drive between here and and, exactly. um, and, and, and exactly. San Fran. And that connection of like, you know, you can really do well. Yeah, yeah, this. exactly. And, and you know, I was always thinking about this as well, too. I mean, for um, for the 80s, you know, there was so much experimentation, so to speak, and especially metal innovation. Um, you know, death metal came about and everybody says, well, which band came first? You know, was it death or was it possessed? And it was definitely, you know, in my opinion, it was you know, possessed. And they're Bay Area too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's another that that kind of uh, kind of came, you know, came and laid sort of groundwork for uh, for that. And I think at the same time, other people were actually, you know, getting that that same vibe anyway. Chuck uh, Scheldinger actually came out to the Bay Area to find members for his band because he couldn't find anybody in, in Florida for the time. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's how uh, how I always oh, knew it. It was uh, Hoagland and DeJoy. Yeah, well, Hoagland, uh, I think he was down here with uh, with with the rest of, of the other guys. I think he went to school with with the Slayer guys. From, okay, uh, from from what uh, what I understood, he uh, he told me, and um, yeah, uh, so he was kind of buddies with 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 that that uh, set down here, and up there, oh, who did he end up getting? Uh, I don't think Chuck got anybody for for that time, but he made friends with with Steve. Yeah, there's a uh, kind of a crossover between those those two worlds it's i don't know i, yeah. I guess i guess i'm just in a sense regionality yeah. is something of a of a relic at this right. point it's, yeah. I don't, and it's not that it doesn't exist but because of the internet you can now derive influences from something oh anything yeah, yeah so yeah. from 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 far away so that uh you know i feel like even when i was coming up in a sense you were kind of closed in and you right. were very influenced there were local bands that were a big part of my development and kind of got imprinted on on my musical identity and i can imagine same thing with you yeah guys. exactly yeah for us i mean it was uh, you know basically seeing all, all those bands out of the bay just doing it and and uh really killing it man it was like wow um that's really cool 
we kind of had our, our own, I had my own own idea about what, what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something a bit, uh, a bit more melodic, a bit less shouty uh, at, at that time. So uh, we kind of searched around and it took us a while to actually find the singer that we ended up with for that first band that, that I was mentioning. And then um, that kind of became what I was known for was, was basically having more, more of a melodic singer and a more like, like songwriting approach like that. And that I think kind of stuck with me from Vicious Rumors, uh, even through, uh, through Testament, even though when, when I hooked up with those guys, they were more on the, um, the heavier the side of, yeah. of everything. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, so what, what, um, so you, you did two records with Vicious Rumors? Uh, yeah, uh, we did, uh, Something Burning and Cyber Christ. And, what were you touring a lot were you like doing the whole rock and roll lifestyle thing yeah pretty much yeah all, all that stuff we uh uh basically the uh, the record that uh that first one unfortunately um th that was when uh the singer uh carl albert uh got in a very bad car accident oh, wow. and uh yeah he was in a um, really bad state for about 17 days somewhere around in there and then they uh they decided to um to let him go and the band wasn't even certain that they were even going to continue so they uh they called me and, and said look man we're gonna wait a little bit a couple months down the line they called me back and said hey do you want to do this and i'm like yeah you know, it's, let's uh, let's go and do this, and we uh, started up, wrote, uh, finished that record. They had already. Started and this was the new singer. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, well, it was with uh, Jeff Thorpe, uh, uh, the uh, kind of the band leader, uh, songwriter guy. Uh, ended up taking up vocals. Okay. And it, it took more more like a thrash approach <laughs> for for like one record. Uh, he wasn't that melodic of, of a singer. He's a bit more like like uh, like Gene Simmons trying to sing uh, thrash metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine. I mean, that yeah, kind of didn't work, but. <laughs> Now, was the band uh, have any relative success? Uh, it was it was fair. I mean, you know, they they'd already developed a very strong uh, following in in, uh, in Europe, kind of a cult uh, cult following. So we uh, we we rode with with that uh, for several tours. Uh, locally, uh, there was always you know a, a good uh, good turnout, um, definitely. And then uh, stateside, we did a little bit of touring, um, but they were kind of not really focusing on on the states mm -hmm. as much back then. Um, they just they they kind of felt like like their market was more in Europe and um, sticking around that that kind of uh, kind of thing. Right on. Yeah. Um, so how does that situation wrap up and then you end up playing with Testament? Right. So I was with those guys for about four years. We had a lot of lineup changes. Um, we had a singer, uh, Brian O'Connor, who came in and did Cyber Christ with us. And then Brian uh, did the tour. Uh, kind of left. We had a singer before that uh, because uh, actually what it was is we tried out Brian at the time back in 95. Uh, something happened. I guess he decided that he didn't want to uh, want to join us. And it was like, all right, so we're just going to go ahead and do this record with Jeff singing. And uh, he came in for the uh, for the second record. We already knew he was kind of the other uh, guy. Uh, and we had a few other people in between that just didn't work out for one reason or another. Uh, did that. He left. Uh, a couple other people, uh, mainstays of the band, uh, Larry left uh, drummer and uh, Tommy left the other uh, bass player and it was at that point uh, my guitar tech was out with with uh, Eric Peterson and uh, on on that that gathering tour is the first leg uh, with Lombardo and, and James Murphy. I went to that show. Did you? That's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. With the haunted on on the first record. Yeah, and pissing razors as well too. I believe. Not the yeah. show I saw. It was oh, just right. the two. Right, right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, basically, something was going on with, uh, with 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 James. We you know later found out what it was. It was a uh, uh, brain tumor uh, condition and, and all that. Uh, so they uh, they were looking for someone to come come in and basically you know ha allow him to uh, to go and, and you know seek medical help. Um, 
hospital and that, that yeah. kind of thing. And, and uh, so he called me up in the middle of the night and he's all, dude, they need you to come out and, and do this. How many songs do you know? I'm like, hmm. Probably about eighteen to twenty. <laughs> just I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, yeah, I know at least ten songs. You so know, that is uh, that, that you just do. from being a fan or out of curiosity, you just knew uh, the stuff. Being a fan, seeing them a lot, uh, and I think in one or two cases, we actually we were the opening opening band uh, on on a double bill or two that they had played with Vicious Rumors. Yeah, which is I, I would local like, favorite. I, w- I would say it's always a good idea if, if you're a decent player to uh, know the songs of your of the peers that you have that are the biggest just in case yeah. someone turns an ankle just in case <laughs> yeah no i, I was advice. a fan of fan of both bands though you know so uh it was like wow okay this is really cool um yeah tell them tell them yes and uh where do you need me you know and they said well we're gonna finish the tour and and uh come out and and uh see the guys and then they'll let you know so lombardo did he do that whole cycle or just that first tour he did the uh the first leg only yeah okay. and then he had other commitments and i don't remember what exactly he was. i think he was doing phantomas at the time yeah right and uh then a couple of years later it was uh slayer again yeah so well. i'm i'm such a big testament fan and i don't get to vibe out with too many people on the changes of the band because i like everyone else right, i right. got i discovered testament on the first few records like i was lucky i had a friend of mine who gave me his entire tape collection so i got yeah the new order souls of black and practice what you preach all at the same time on nice. cassette nice. and i was just and i was just blown away because i'm like because they to me at the time you know i was i got into metal because of metallica and megadeth and guns and roses and it was the closest thing that i heard to metallica yeah that yeah, you know exactly. especially because of the vocals and they yeah. had a little more melody than i think some of the other thrash bands yeah yeah but when low came out i was like holy shit it's like <laughs> this it's like what they were doing but it's modernized it fits in this world of the panteras it and did yeah. the white zombies and the kind of the the changing of the guard and even bringing in the death metal vocals and, so, and some of that and stuff. And it was still them. Yes, and it still sounded like it, yeah. but But I feel like when recent, in recent years, when Alex came back, they kind of went more back to the old style a little bit yeah. more, and they yeah. kind of leaned more on that. But I feel like, so to me, it's like the low, which I, is to me the almost underrated record, but then the gathering is like the, the ultimate of ultimates for yeah. me. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, the production is so insane it was, and it's just yeah, like definitely there's four or five songs in there that you know i i would say that it, if it's not their best record it's right there with, the, with their best record easily so easily. but i've heard and you can confirm or disconfirm this for me that it was also a time when as a band with like live shows they that the band was at a lower point is that true um i think uh, in in terms of, of where they were where they were kind of coming from uh at, at that that point uh when when the gathering was released um i think it was kind of a kind of a lower point at, at that point yeah yeah that's crazy were, uh, yeah yeah it's yeah, like we're definitely. putting out the greatest metal shit of all time and sometimes it takes that though you know what i mean it takes that that going against the uh against the grain oh, you, and, and just just doing it you know and and not giving a, a fuck at yeah. all you know and just going right in and, and doing it and i think that's what they did they were just like you know we're gonna do it just so gonna, so gonna you were this. you played with them for quite a, a long time right i was about five years yeah yeah, yeah. and uh we uh we also helped uh, eric peterson form dragon lord at yes that, at that time as well uh, by the way i was a huge fan of that record oh, nice, well the first record <laughs> i i i don't think i how can i 
get the second record but i was like yeah because i was totally into all, all that stuff nice. at the time nice. dimu and satiricon and you know and all that stuff so it was you know i'm, I'm just a fan of especially with eric because he's one of those guys he's one of the few you know there's like 10 people out there when they just just the way they play and their yeah. style you know you know it's his him. style yeah, yeah. like like exactly immediately so exactly. i'll pretty much yeah. you know follow anything that 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 he does and the thing that was kind of fascinating maybe i have to get him on the show because i talk about this is that he on those after alex left didn't he ended up doing a lot more guitar solos he did yeah and yeah. so and then you hear his solos you're like how, why isn't this dude soloing more? He's really good. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he always kind of held back, and I think uh, I, I don't think he was encouraged uh, as much as he was encouraged to uh, to stick to songwriting and and uh, kind of you know play to uh, play to strengths that that kind of thing. And uh, I even saw the uh, saw the potential there. And and you know being a, a teacher as well too, I was like you know I was able to kind of I think poke and prod him a little bit. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, well, what about that? You know, yeah, I know you did that solo. I know you did that one. These all, yeah, maybe I should take this one. This one, yeah, uh, the over the wall, uh, kind of uh, the, the split there, which wasn't his uh, before, kind of became his. Yeah, uh, at that point, and there was a few other ones as well too. It was like, oh yeah, okay, now he's yeah, now he's been doing it for, God, what, fifteen, seventeen years. <laughs> so he's uh, he's definitely got it be uh, well behind him, and and uh, has really grown with it. I think as yeah. well too, which is good. What did you feel like you you learned on you know because clearly with Testament to step up it's yeah. a it's a you know and it's it's a legacy band no pun intended no no <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah uh, there was a lot man um, I mean it was yeah like like you say it was, it was, it was a different uh, different level that kind of thing and uh, you know you just kind of kind of pick up um, certain things about how how the shows run. Um, yeah, just discipline, I guess, uh, which is kind of a weird word. I mean, you know, most people probably don't expect that, but you do. You, you get a certain thing that, that you've got you've got to be able to do uh, day in and day out, and you got to be able to conserve, <laughs> yeah, and not you know not hit the uh, hit the party every night and, and all that that kind of stuff. Are they pretty yeah. reserved with that, or uh, they kind of weren't? But um, <laughs> <laughs> we guess you know, but, but I, I, I think eventually, you know, there, there was there was there was always kind of like like the start of the tour and then the middle of the tour and then the end of the tour, and you know, like when when you're at the start of the tour, yeah. it's like yeah, okay, cool, everything's good, and then it's like middle of the tour. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll just kind of take it easy tonight and watch some uh, some movies or something. You know, well, it's <laughs> touring. You know, I, I think from a fan perspective where they don't they see us the one night and yeah. obviously it's our job to make the people that pay money to come to the show to feel like it is that we that this is the best performance and that they are getting the most and that we are giving our everything you know that's it to not exactly. half-ass it for us to do like a show on a monday in like omaha and then feel like Oh, clearly they're giving us the monday in omaha performance we have yeah. to, we have to we have to give them everything but it is a repetitive life despite yeah. it being really really fun and then i think a lot of times the reason why maybe alcohol gets involved or drugs get involved yeah. is sometimes we just need to break up the monotony or, or give you know it's it's a, it's a in a sense it's a coping for the for the monotony and the exactly the downtime yeah. i think it's so. that that little place to escape to or or whatever it might be for uh, for, for some or for others and uh yeah yeah exactly it, it, it definitely uh definitely can can take its toll um as as it goes yeah um did your exit from that band coincide with alex uh Skolnick coming back uh by about a year 
<laughs> but no, um, tr- truth be told, um, I had I'd begun hearing rumors and and things like that from uh, from mutual friends, and uh, I kind of knew something was up. But uh, at the same time, man, I was uh, I was actually touring with with the uh, with the Nevermore guys. Oh, and, at the same uh, time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was uh, I was basically. Um, we were, we were doing the, uh, the Dragon Lord thing uh, in between everything else, uh, oh. and Chuck was kind of in. in the Dragon Lord ever tour? We did uh, some some light touring. Uh, we uh, we basically uh, we did Europe um, like a festival uh, kind of uh, kind of set. Um, actually, a couple of times we uh, we went over. Did there. you have a live keyboard player? Were they gone track? Yeah, did yeah. Ever... Uh, a guy named uh, Lyle Livingston uh, who actually uh, co-wrote uh, both of those records. By the well, way, too. I need to yeah, recommend if you're. Like a metalhead who likes going in the archives and finding like <laughs> hidden gems, I highly recommend checking out the Dragon Lord records. There's two records, and it's like thrashitized black metal, you know, but like yeah, but catchy. Yeah. Like it's not like yeah, you know, no, too the, in, you know in the woods. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's not not uh, totally like that. But it's, and Eric uh, did vocals around that, right? Yeah, now. exactly. And both, yeah, and quite well. I, I I thought he did really, really good. I mean, he had never done that before. He had aspirations to to do it, but he's like, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, I hate people like that. Just have more talent. So like they like. Just they, go, they, and they just bust it, it out. They're like, oh, you didn't know I could do that? Yeah, neither did I. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll never do that again. I'm I'm bored. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. No, but he uh, he went in there and, and just just did it, and then uh, he got a little more confidence on the uh, on the second record. He wanted to do more uh, melodic type of uh, type of vocals, uh, getting that that kind of uh, sound in there. Uh, we even put in a uh, cover of Emerald uh, from Thin Lizzy Ooh, as well one. too. Which was I like, did. Yeah. Um, did Mastodon do Emerald? Did they do? I'm not sure. I know a couple people have. Uh, Overkill definitely did it. Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't know about that. A few years back, yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, probably about 10, 10, 12 years ago, somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, and that's, by the way, I'm just going to make it, this is just a statement. This isn't even about you. If you don't like Thin Lizzy, you can kiss my ass, all right? <laughs> all up in the ass. I'm just putting that out there. For, for you, who's, you listening, and, and you don't. Yeah, you. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm like, like, I have this kind of theory. I want to say it's a theory. This is more like a, a, an observation that there are certain groups within a genre that they sing about the genre. So yeah. right, so like yeah. you have like Man of War, they'll have like songs about heavy metal, like heavy metal yeah. is what it is, you know. <laughs> and like every now and then it'll be like hip hop song, like man talking about the culture, doing what I do for my people, right? And they they're like right. talking about hip hop, the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Then Lizzy is like that that for for rock and roll. They sing songs about rocking. Exactly. About living exactly. a rock and roll life. I yeah. mean, I guess back in the yeah. day, a few bands did that because, you know, like ACDC would have their songs about rock and roll. That's true. Obviously, yeah. Kiss. Yeah. You know, there are many rocking, but I, to me, Thin Lizzy is the most pure. Yeah. Like, yeah. More autobiographical, I guess, is, is right. probably, the, uh, probably the best word. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely, dude. I'm, I'm right there with you. That's uh, that, that's a favorite band uh, as well. And just realizing the uh, the impact, um, like, you know, for, for the Bay Area guys, definitely um, all they, they would talk about a lot of the time uh, was, was referencing, you know, that band. <laughs> it's definitely there. They are the shit. Actually, yeah, actually, you yeah. could actually, you'd ask, probably help me out with this. Is it, True that Thin Lizzy doing like the harmonized guitar solos was what inspired Iron Maiden. I don't know. Okay, I'm, so. not, I'm not sure, but uh, so we're supposed surprised. to be my, my resident rock and roll scholar here <laughs> to fill me in. Uh, that's that's one for yeah. I 
I would imagine. I mean, for for the timing, yeah, because were what, they it was were they were 70s, before? So. Yeah, were they, yeah, yeah, definitely before. Uh, Maiden didn't put out their first record until '80. Uh, they formed in '76. Um, Thin Lizzy is already three records in by then. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I yeah. think. Okay. I don't think it was Leonard Skinner. We got I got the Almond Brothers. So. <laughs> I have to like uh, you definitely know, think it was Thin Lizzy. Hit up some some heavy metal historian to, to fill fill me in on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So you, you were already started playing with with Nevermore, which is when was when we yeah. we met, and um, I've already had Chris Broderick on here, and I'm, I'm right. definitely I'm definitely I'm, I already spoke to Jeff. We're gonna get Jeff on the show. We're gonna get Van Williams on the show, and get get as many uh, Nevermore stars. And obviously, um, you know, rest in peace, World Dane. Yeah, gotta always uh, you know shout shout him out. Obviously, a huge loss for uh, the metal community community, and and obviously you you, you played with yeah. them. And um, yeah. but what what was it like playing with with Nevermore? Uh, it was awesome, man. Absolutely. And it was uh, really one of those things where, you know, you're like in, in this really, obviously a cool organization. Everything's going great. Um, and along comes this other band and it's like, well, wait a minute. That's kind of what I've always been wanting to do. Yeah. You said you could, cause you kind of do the more melodic, the more thing, melodic, a little type more proggy. Of type of yeah. And, and less on, on the, on the shouting and then death metal kind of, uh, kind of, had you played stuff, seven strings before that? I hadn't. No. Was that, no. was that a weird, that was move? the very first time. Yeah. And that was back in, uh, 2002, man. I, uh, uh, when, when me and Jeff finally hooked up and, uh, I, uh, had a buddy up there, uh, who went and got a, uh, a really cheap, I think it was, one of Dean's brand new imports. It was a uh, uh, seven seven string uh, Dean and uh, crazy guitar, man. Uh, Fifteen bucks uh, to, uh, to to rent it for for like three days, like five bucks a day. Do you, do you remember like when God forbid was like we were stranded in Seattle and then we were staying at the the, the studio space at Studio Seven and we came watch you guys rehearse. Yes, yes, I do. I do. Didn't we? Uh, we were all checking out. You guys were actually checking out uh, uh, Floyd Rose's guitars, weren't you? And yeah. We, uh, we, oh, yeah. We he came, in by, and he came by. Yeah. 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 That was fun, man. Definitely getting I, to uh, getting to I do to those. those I trails. totally forgot about that. That just as soon as he said that, it lit up in my head. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Because that was a guitar where it was like individual, like they were there was saddles something going or... on. Yeah, and then there was that uh, uh, the neck had like a triangle on it. Yeah, some uh, weird something thing. with with the the tuning machine. So you guys listen, the, yeah. the guy Floyd Rose who yeah. invented Floyd Rose came yeah. and came and showed us this uh this like new guitar he was, he was that working was on. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we were we had this shitty van and we had played. Uh, do we play at Studio Seven or we do we play it at at uh, El Corazon? I can't can't remember, but right. we ended up staying. Studio Seven is a venue in Seattle and they have a rehearsal re like recording studio section and they're nice enough to let us bum stay there because our van broke down and then we get they're to watch people. and we get good to people. watch Nevermore rehearse, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> so. I remember that. I remember this, that. Now. About yeah. this time, this is kind of when like Jeff Loomis became Jeff Loomis, right? You know, right. like that yeah. that 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 guy. Um, and at this point, you you had played obviously with some great players, but yeah. um, yeah. was that like a different and new experience, kind of playing with someone of Jeff's caliber? Yeah, I mean, I I knew Jeff for uh, for for years before that, and uh, you know, I'd always wanted to, uh, to to jam or do something with with him, and never really had the uh, had the chance until uh, two thousand two came along, and then you know we started. Uh, well, I did. Uh, it was supposed to be about like 20 shows and then 20 shows all of a sudden management pulled like everything down to one it was the bang your head festival uh germany in, right? in germany yeah exactly so uh all that 
you know, for that and, and, uh, ended up going over there. Funny thing on the way, uh, basically I lost my passport in the, uh, the hotel. I had to stay back. So I literally, uh, got a passport made 24 hours, caught the next plane out, got over there. Uh, those guys are waiting with, uh, uh, uh world hands me a beer. He's all here. Here's your, here's your buddy road buddy and so we get down down the road we're on the autobahn he's oh this is fucking crazy isn't it yeah because we're going down the autobahn all that stuff in a car because i've never really done it in a car on a bus yeah but a car different story it was like you were driving eight thousand miles an hour yeah yeah and just going holy shit and jet lagged to high hell and just drinking the whole time and it just yeah kept going <laughs> that was your first show that was my first show with those guys did you man. get to rehearse and, with them beforehand uh, yeah yeah okay, we got got great. about about uh, about three days in, in well the thing is i i yeah. definitely noticed the, like this the difference between dead heart and then um yeah uh, enemies reality it seemed like the technicality like went through the yeah, roof on yeah, that record. Yeah, they, they definitely, uh, yeah, Jeff uh, and and uh, all those guys really kind of kind of got into it a lot more, I think, on, on that record. Well, I mean, just by, angry, by the definitely. fact that you were even could even play with these bands, you're clearly, like I said, on, a, on another level. Have you ever walked into a gig or something like that and been, like, a little intimidated by the material? <laughs> yeah. Like, nah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no, 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 definitely. The, uh, the, uh, we, we did a uh, tribute uh, for, uh, well, actually kind of a benefit for, uh, for Sean Killian. Uh, recently and everybody in that room dude uh, there wasn't one one musician in there from from all those bands that we were just talking about uh that were there to help him that wasn't going these guys wrote some fucking seriously crazy shit yeah you know difficult not difficult in in terms of like technicality but just band is in terms sorry, of sorry. violence Violet. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, to, sorry. to remember any of those those riffs is just like ah you know uh you go you get into into like one of the songs uh, like serial killer that that was probably one of the uh one of the easier ones but um oh man i'm trying to even remember one of this oh what was the song torture tactics that was a bear uh we uh we went through that in rehearsal and every single night uh it was myself uh chuck billy tom hunting matt uh camacho and was Craig now Craig wasn't playing with us on that one. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like Chicago's. Yeah! Down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. 
So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalist. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. I'm trying to remember who the, uh, who the other guitar player was, but we could not actually get through the song. And then we finally get up to uh, to play it. We're like, hopefully we don't fuck it up. And we actually got through it. Listen, and, uh, some, some, it sometimes so. the um, the pressure forces a focus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And sometimes the pressure makes it fall apart. It can go. It can go either way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I would have to say that was the uh, the gig where it was like you know I was doing uh, doing five songs of, of their music and I'd listened knew knew the stuff you know as a fan all that but uh, to sit down and actually learn how to play it was a completely different thing. Yeah. It was like whoa. So you you crazy. actually did writing on godless this godless endeavor right yeah yeah and listen i, and I have to give you i'm gonna i'm gonna, right now i'm gonna bow to you because i you know i think there's a, a strong argument to be made that that's maybe their finest moment oh, yeah. you know that i think that awesome. i think that, i think that record i think that in dead heart you know it's kind of yeah. like you know uh a dollar in one hand four quarters in the other but um i think there's definitely a with that record it just feels like no stone was left unturned. Right. It right. was, it was, it took, because to me, like, the great thing about Dead Heart was it, its simplicity. Yeah. And yeah. then the next record was a little bit, you know, pushing the tech technicality. And then to Definitely. me, uh, Godless Endeavor really brought everything together and like balanced. Because I think, especially when you're dealing with a melodic singer, um, yeah. and Worrell's so good with hooks. You know, he can, Very. he can take yeah. something that's technical, um, and then, craft a great hook on top of it to really bring it all together and i think everyone was really at the at, at the top of the game so uh so i'm gonna give you a little one of these on that. That, that <laughs> awesome, man. so Thank i you. mean because you had you. been playing with testament but you weren't a contributing writer at that point right no 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 uh so no, that must we, have been uh, a great feeling then too, yeah kinda. yeah uh truth be told i mean uh the, the years that, that i was with Test, uh, testament we had <clears throat> riffs that that kind of uh kind of came around um that that eric had and he was you know he's definitely writing for it uh just the time he wasn't right um they would go back and forth uh, between him and chuck and something would work out or something wouldn't work out oh hang on hang on nope nope uh back to the drawing board that kind of thing so there was years of that going on and uh, there's a ton of riffs that made uh the last three records that that they've made i've uh you know just kind of given it a listen like ah there's that riff there's that song there's this one you know so it's slowly it's made its way through uh finally to uh, this is stuff that you you wrote i didn't write it no but But you were just there i was there yeah kind of yeah yeah kind of playing along helping them uh you know maybe arrange a little bit uh guitars and things like that but uh yeah and programming drums because he couldn't program drums (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i definitely did that as well but um i don't think they kept those beats so Well, when you get uh, was it Ballstaff came in, right? So, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he he'll handle that. It's really fun to jam with him, man. Actually, because um, 
oddly enough, man, there was two songs that were really moody, like riffs that I was trying to bring to those guys, and they weren't totally hearing it. But I'd jam with Paul uh, before those those guys would show up, and uh, one of them uh, became kind of a um, a riff that became. Uh, sell my heart for stones which made um this godless endeavor um so that was kind of cool just to be able to work it out with with him a little bit kind of jam and, and you know get some some feedback off him then another one made uh one of my uh, uh my band one machines mm -hmm. uh records most recently called summoning of the soul and uh that one we uh, we kind of uh i had like a full-on jam i even uh tried to present that to uh to nevermore and it never happened yeah. <laughs> so it was like rejection i was like oh okay so <laughs> Nevermore obviously is well, I wouldn't say obvious. It's it's obvious to me because I'm 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 close to them and I, I remember so much yeah. about what was going on. But they had kind of a notorious um uh reputation, right. you know, for just <laughs> having being somewhat uh chaotic behind behind the scenes. Um was that yeah. something you experienced with the band? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that did yeah. that contribute you to, to exiting the band eventually? Um it, it didn't didn't make it uh make it very easy. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely not. Um there was um there's a lot of this side, that side kind of a uh, kind of thing happening there, um, and it could have been uh, could have been an age gap kind of uh, kind of thing as well too. You know, You're a little older than. Uh, I was kind of in the middle uh, between those guys, really. I mean, you know, you had like like this side with with Van and, and Jeff, and then this side with with. Uh, oh, that their age. Gap. Yeah, yeah, kind of like 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 yeah, yeah. That friends was kind of like God, or, or friends, you know. And, that was kind of like God forbid, because me and my brother, right. you know, when the band started, were like 18 and 19 you right. know and the other guys were 26 27 and, sure. I, and john or bass player was even a little, little older so yeah I, I definitely know firsthand that 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 is a factor yeah yeah exactly and you know kind of stepping into that i mean i, I knew all those guys anyway but uh once you're in in that that particular point it's like oh man now i'm in the middle and yeah. you know, be pulled be the this way for this, or be, yeah, exactly. Or or you've got to be the uh, the war helper, <laughs> or whatever it is that day, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, people uh, people quitting the band or or whatever, uh, not on a daily basis, but definitely on on a tourly basis. It's like <laughs> a kid, it's like a kid running twice. away from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was one of those. You know, get back to the bus. Come on. <laughs> so. Listen, it is it is it is very stressful for you, for those those who don't know. Being being stuck in a uh, in a metal box driving around uh, <laughs> driving around the world can be can definitely take it take its toll. So, it's true. It's true. So not too long after that, I actually I remember I saw you at the Starland Ballroom opening for. Oh, That's right. Overkill. Overkill. Yeah. And you were playing with Forbidden, with Forbidden. on yeah. their comeback record. Yeah. On on yeah. the the Omega Wave. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Now, so, so actually, I actually had uh, uh, Craig on the show. So right. his his show will actually air before before this comes out. So he he, right. he, he tells a little bit about about that stuff. But I almost <laughs> forgot. I was like, oh shit, yeah, he like you you played on that on that that record. Yeah. So yeah, how did that come about? Yeah, um, this is kind of a strange one, but um, I ended up filling in for uh, for him, so to speak, uh, when Craig uh, Lo Cicero. For you guys, yeah, then. yeah, exactly. Uh, when when Craig couldn't make or Lo the, Cicero. Uh, yeah, let's just row. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say that one. Yeah, um, when he couldn't do uh, the uh, Thrash of the Titans gig uh, that Forbidden Evil was was kind of reforming for, uh, and this was a benefit for uh, for Chuck Billy and also for Chuck Schuldinger uh, as well too to uh, to help with their uh, their medical um, mm -hmm. uh, bills, etc., all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, um, I had played with those guys. So Russ was there, uh, Matt was there, um, both staff was there, and I'm trying to think of who else was actually there. 
uh, well, Tim Calvert was there. Glenn Alvarez was actually the guy that that ended up uh, calling me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was kind of the uh, the strange thing. I ended up filling in for uh, for Craig playing Craig's parts, and I guess you know uh, someone had actually uh, videoed uh, that stuff. It was supposed to be for a DVD release uh, later on, and then there was some kind of conflict. So this guy got really pissed off when YouTube came out. He was one of the first guys throwing this stuff up there. So it's still out there, still available. And somebody along the way saw it and remembered. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, well, they were having basically some some issues uh, within the band, and they needed someone to uh, to step in uh, as Glenn was leaving. Uh, so I ended up uh, getting the call from uh, from Craig, and he's all, "Look, man, I know you're over in London, but <laughs> you know, we like the way that you that you played this stuff. Uh, do you want to come and and, and you know do this? Uh, do a couple? Basically, uh, it was supposed to be a couple of shows or something like that, and then it uh, uh, kind of turned into it was a similar situation with with the Nevermore thing uh, and with Testament. Uh, before that we just got along really well and it's like well you know what about this what about this and you know just kept on and um on and on it went and uh went for four years and, and that record as well too so did you did you get to write on that record uh yeah yeah i uh i wrote um god five songs wow i think five or six songs uh i want to say I'm trying to remember the uh, the titles. Um, there's like sections of, of, of things as well too. Lots of riffs and, and stuff like that. As far as complete songs, um, Inhuman Race, uh, Behind the Mask. Um, oh my God, there was another one. I can't remember what the title. So I'm amazed you even try to remember. I don't even try it's to hard remember to remember titles. that in, unless you're like no, right because there. you have some fill-in name that you call. <laughs> you're like this one's called Dump Truck, yeah, and then exactly. for now. Or like the like what we I would do is always name it after the band I ripped off for the song. <laughs> right. So like this right. one's is uh is at the gates or something, and this one is right. soil work, whatever. Yeah. And then uh <laughs> until and then it gets another title like what's the name of that song? What do we you know? And then it gets like a real name. And, exactly. Yeah. Because you know you go through so many phases in in, yeah. in terms of of the, the the actual like like demoing or writing and then presenting and then jamming it out and working it out until it's you know there. Well, and, I, uh, I mean yeah. I think that's just you know I. Th- I one, I think you should be really proud of yourself because in in the instance of, of two separate bands, you had a real um, hand in in those bands. I, I, I wouldn't use the term comeback, but really kind of reestablishing, um, you know, and, and those are like key, uh, you know, uh, catalog pieces for, for, for both of those bands. You know, right. I mean, Omega right. Way was really well received. Awesome, I think awesome. I think o- overall and, and really kind of, you know, because I know I, it was really just that one tour cycle and the band kind of went back being dormant again, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, basically we we returned behind that record uh, through 2012 um, from from the time it was released, uh, so about two years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just kind of uh, some some things happened. Somebody left the band, and then other people were like, eh, "Well, I don't know if I want to do this anymore." And you know, it, it kind of they, everybody went into that with with not expecting to do much because of the state of the, of the industry at that time. Anyway. Yeah, it's tough, man. It, Same, exactly. That was right around the time God forbid really started kind of hitting a wall as well. Right. I mean, everyone was just kind of going, "What's happening? What are we going to do?" You know, is, is are we able to go out on on tour and actually you know come back with anything? And, you know. Yeah, and be able to pay you know pay a bill. <laughs> yeah. With it, so uh, yeah, it, it kind of became one of those for uh, for a few of the other guys, and then uh, it just yeah ended. From, uh, from there right on so i mean i, I guess at, at at this point you know did you feel kind of like this aimless journeyman or you were just kind of going with the flow uh 
I, th- I think it's always always been going with the flow and and being able to uh, to play. Um, I guess being being fortunate enough to uh, to be able to play with bands that I liked. Yeah, of course. Uh, guys that I really great got along bands, with. Great man. You, yeah, I mean, you, that's love, what I'm saying. Like the music. Every, yeah. every band you're in, it's like. Play a testament? Uh, duh. <laughs> right, right. It's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's those songs, you know what I mean? Of course, like, man. Hell yeah, let's let's do this, you know, definitely. So it's, it's always kind of been one of those those feelings of, of like, yeah, let's let's definitely do this. And uh, yeah, that's, um, I think, you know, obviously that, that that's first and foremost for me, uh, a real big, big, uh, big part of it, but also being able to get along with everybody. Yeah. And, and, uh, if there was ever a point where, uh, where I felt like it wasn't happening like that, that's when I kind of was like, mm, well, maybe it's time to, uh, time to move on. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. So you, you also had, uh, is it a solo band or how would you or is it really a normal band with one, one machine? Um, it's it's definitely a band. Um, it's gone through a few member changes uh, in in its time, and uh, unfortunately, I've I've got to uh, got to report again that we are actually in that that state uh, once again. So we're uh, we're basically um, we thought we had a singer, and uh, we actually went and demoed stuff at at his uh, at his studio, and then the guy upped and. Uh, decided he couldn't commit he had his other band and couldn't commit to us as well after he just recorded this with us and we're like so the singer who's on the actual album well he hadn't actually tracked his vocals yet which was fortunate it was like okay well now what do we do uh but the vibe to me was just kind of lost so it's just like yeah we're we're on on uh sort of a holding pattern right now we have some uh, some dates actually coming up that uh i am really um hoping to uh, to be able to uh, fulfill for the uh, for the band it's uh, it's largely um uh, uk and, and uh europe dates so as, as most well. the guys are actually out in, in, in yeah in, yeah based europe. over in england yeah yeah because you started the band out there yeah yeah exactly exactly and at this point it's um yeah going forward as far as new music it's gonna be a holding pattern but uh fulfilling those those uh those dates i'm i'm pretty uh pretty positive we'll uh, we'll basically uh be able to uh, to do that and then we'll see uh if, if the people that, that we have with us at that time are going to be able to do it or not yeah so do you think like as far as the future is concerned are you more intent on kind of being the leader of of a particular project whether it's one machine or, or something else or are you still kind of open to being the the touring guy or maybe joining right, something that's right. a little more uh functional in its own realm yeah um i wouldn't say no <laughs> definitely not uh like uh uh gina hoagland uh once once told me he's all you're like me you're a hoe you're a band hoe that's <laughs> like all right that's one way of putting it sure uh but you know i mean if, if, if it were a band that uh that that i i or an, or an artist even that that i i was like yes you know the songs are great um and that's you know something i, I could see myself doing uh convincingly every night sure well i always say there, there's a reason why certain people always get work right you right. know and i think Part, you know, the big part is being able to do the job and be proficient as a, as a musician and be able to perform and yeah. all that. But you know, just from just from knowing you, you're very easygoing. Yeah. You're like we we know we can have this guy and he's not going to be a problem. You know, some some <laughs> right. people they're great. No, my at what my they problem do. days are long gone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, no, I just I just think it's uh, that's that's fascinating. Even even myself because I, after I left, God forbid, I was playing with this band, I was playing with that band, I was just yeah. kind of doing doing my thing and. Uh, there was this comment on lambgoat.com. Oh, I saw like, that. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so the guy, so the guy said, so this was like right when Bad Wolves was announced. He was like, right. he's like, I'll give Doc Coyle one thing. 
That dude certainly is forever committed to being in some in some, in some band. band. <laughs> so I took that and I like put it on a like I made a meme out of myself because I thought it was the funniest thing. Yeah, Let's think about yeah. like I will always give someone who like criticizes you in a funny makes an actual joke, and yeah. I was like that is hilarious and and i was like thinking about it i was like yeah he's kind of <laughs> but hey, that's man. but let's say like like i said there's a difference between a rock star and a musician a musician just wants to right. play right you know right and uh and that's that's my my thing so i so i i can totally identify with that um yeah i'm kind of open open to it you know yeah yeah i mean that that's that's part and parcel of it you know what i mean we we love music we love to play so why not you know i mean that that's the main thing as far as one machine i mean i'm not, I'm not uh not closing the book by any means um it's it's still gonna be an ongoing thing uh i've relocated out here though back to, uh, to california and uh i'll be bay area based i think uh probably imminently um and yeah for the foreseeable future <laughs> unless unless something pulls me down here i, d I don't know but yeah uh, yeah that's uh that's basically um where, where i'm at right now I'll tell you, and, I'll tell you know what's gonna happen we're gonna do the slayer thing tonight and you're gonna go up there and you're gonna <laughs> shred and someone's gonna be like hey man like rhapsody <laughs> needs a guitar player or some some All shit right. <laughs> so, so i'm telling you someone's gonna la is like that that's why people come to la is because you just like bump into someone on the street and next That's thing you know true. you got a job playing doing something so exactly exactly so, yeah you know I, yep. I always say you just kind of you stay busy you stay active and and opportunities tend to kind of find you one way or another yeah exactly while, while exactly. trying not to be an asshole too that'll, that's that'll, it <laughs> that's it yeah you gotta gotta keep it real well yeah, steve <laughs> man thank you so much for being on the show that was awesome do you have anything Thanks else coming me, up that you want to plug or anything or? um i've got a uh, a youtube page and stay tuned for youtube.com backslash steve smith official that's the name i'm uh hopefully locking in are you going to be is that like lessons or is it like playthroughs or it's, it's going to be a bit of everything i've got uh a bunch of playlists up there right now uh i've, I've kind of gone through youtube uh myself and found like archive stuff and i'm like you know that'd be really cool if i had a page and like actually saved it somewhere yeah so i finally did that <laughs> and that that's one one of the things i've been kind of doing is kind of collecting uh, stuff from from all, all the bands and, and things like that uh, just to uh, to be able to you know have it up there uh, uh, as as well as uh, being able to uh, to, to run uh, kind of uh, kind of lesson uh, uh, type of uh, type of stuff um, I do have some plans to run sort of an, an online uh, academy uh, a little bit long uh, longer later in the year uh, which is gonna be uh, yeah it's it's hard to go through it right now but stay tuned uh, stevesmythe.com uh, is probably, probably the, is that uh, out now? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, okay. That's that's my website. So that that's uh, that that's the place to, uh, to to go for for more news. You can find me on uh, on social media as well too, uh, Facebook and all that. Um, that's uh, Steve Smythe one Yeah, Facebook uh, backslash Steve Smythe one Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and, Actually, uh, one more question. One more question. Yeah, yeah. Did you? I saw the video. Probably a lot of people have seen this of. Chris Broderick bat doing the guitar battle against Jeff Loomis. Oh, did right. Did you ever do a battle on stage with, with we Jeff? We did do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, we played, uh, oh man, it was in Athens on the uh, Enemies tour, I think it yeah. was. How did, we how, did, how, we did, how, how did it go? Did you did you make it out? Did you did you best him? I'd like to think we we did did pretty good. It was a draw? Was yeah, a draw? He's, uh, <laughs> I, I think the fans thought it was. I, I hope they did. Uh, I think we did that at, uh, the. Uh, there was a Christmas bash we did at the... Um, Key Club? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or was it the Roxy back then? No, no, it was the Key Club. Uh, the, the, yeah. Uh, is it still here? 
No, 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 no. Well, the the venue, the building the is there. Here, yeah. It's 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 like a like a hip hop uh, dance club called uh, One right. One Oak. Right, right. So okay. You're gonna see like a lot of like people way better looking um, than me going in there and, and doing, <laughs> being cool. Right, paying, right. Paying eighteen fifty for Bud Light. So. Oh my God. No. So, <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, yeah. We uh, we did did one there as well too. I think, and um, I forget what happened at that, but it was uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy um and loud i remember that <laughs> what exactly yeah. so with that, with that kids out there uh stay away from guitar duels unless you want to have your ego hurt thank you steve Smythe. this was awesome thank you doc this is awesome <laughs>
So that was the track called New Mode of Power from Steve's band One Machine from their 2015 album, The Final Call. I hope you guys enjoyed that song. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. You know, it's um, that one I did actually a while ago. And uh, a lot of times in this show, I'll get a lot of interviews done. And then unfortunately, I get backed up so the, sh- the actual show doesn't come out maybe a couple months after. So ho- hopefully some of those don't sound too dated by the time they come out. But I, I like to think about some of these shows as being timeless in my own mind. But um, that's a lot of fun. Thank you so much to Steve for doing that. Um, just want to give one more note about last episode show I did with Roy Mayorga, which was a live show. Um, I think people seem to really like the the conversation. I, I didn't really give too many notes about it, but I didn't. I felt like there were some issues with it in terms of the actual venue, where it was actually kind of hard to hear uh, Roy. So I was like, I felt like sometimes maybe I was talking over him or possibly not hearing him as, as well as I, I possibly could have, which I think a little bit deterred from, from my uh, best interviewing skills. But um, let me know if you guys want me to do more live stuff because I, to be honest, I'm a little on the fence about it. I, I love Roy and um, you know people did respond well to the show, but I wanna you know, hear, hear from you guys. People seem to like the show, so I don't, I don't really know what to say. But um, we'll see. I think I'm gonna put a hold on the live shows in, in the meantime. But anyway, hit me up guys, you know, tell me, go on iTunes, leave a review. You know, send me a message. Tell me what guests you want. And I'm, I'm on the road there. I'm, I'm going to be meeting a lot of these people that you guys want on the show. So slowly but surely, surely I'm going to get these guys. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'm exhausted. You know, that's just what it is. I'm, I'm shot. It's, it's, it's over for me. I'm just, I'm exhausted. So I'm, I'm going to take a nap after this. So in a very lazy, sleepy way, Mamba is out. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.